Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric, episode 142. Thank you very much for joining us. Huh, I always say us. I don't know if I want to make it appear this podcast is more than just me, and <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Maybe it's because I'll have more credibility if you think there's more than one person here. I'll have to devote some time to that. But anyway, in the meantime, it's just me. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I wanted to discuss. Uh, I wanted to discuss victimhood status today and victims in general. Hopefully, I can highlight the dangers of identifying as a victim and offer you a more productive and satisfying way to view the one life you have and the one that you're living right now. And in the interest of full disclosure, I currently do not identify as a victim. And that's not to say I haven't been or am not currently a victim of something, right? We're all victims of something at times in our lives. But we have a choice whether we base our entire identity around the victimhood status we will certainly encounter. And choosing to not identify as your victimhood status, that doesn't mean that you weren't an actual victim of something. Like if it's real to you, that shit, that's real. But the question then becomes, will that define who you are or will you use that to define yourself? And previously on this podcast, I have warned about groups. It was one of my first few episodes and I feel groups are dangerous as fuck when they become your identity. When the group supersedes your individuality, we got problems. And I've said in the past, belonging to a group is fine as long as it's in the last paragraph of your obituary and not in the first one. One of the big dangers of groups is that it robs you of your free speech, meaning you can't criticize your group because if you do, you're going to be metaphorically or literally kicked out of that group. The group ideology becomes your ideology. Suddenly you're surrounded by other members of that group and now your group thing seems to take over. And then what if that group starts to move a little further right or further left from your morals or from your ideology or further away from your beliefs? Then what? Because it feels like today, if you speak up or voice those concerns, you're going to be kicked out of that group and labeled as an anti-grouper or a group denier. Or if your objection makes too much sense, you'll just be labeled as a Russian sympathizer, an anti-Semite or a white supremacist. Even if you're like a black Ukrainian Jew. And the objection or the thing that you need to bring up about your group could be minor. Like you could be good with 90% of all the group's fucking agenda. But this like 10% part, well, it doesn't make sense. And maybe we should discuss it. Nope, that's going to be a problem. And I recently covered the cognitive dissidence that people in groups are suffering from, which prevent any discussion of that small percentage of the group's agenda that, you know, might need some discussion, that may present some issues, that may create some hypocrisies, or will just paint you into a corner of your belief. The groups rob you of your individuality, your freedom of speech, and your sovereignty, 
while at the same time, they don't even do a good job of representing you because they are representing the idea of the group. There is no way a group can actually represent all the individual members of a group. Individuals can't speak for a group. And why would you want a group speaking for you? Why would you want a group representing who you are? doesn't make any sense to me. So in my opinion, groups as a primary source of personal identification is stupid. Identifying as a victim in a victim group is even dumber. And living as a victim seems to me to be a recipe for certain disaster. When you're living your life as a victim and not as an individual is a life not being lived. And what I mean by that is if you spend your one life crying about the wounds that you don't actually feel, you missed your chance to fully experience and enjoy your life. And I know that may sound harsh. Nick, how do you know that they don't feel those wounds they're crying about? You can't possibly know how someone is feeling. Yeah, that's correct. I don't know how someone is feeling. But what I do know is that real trauma victims don't have the ability to see themselves as victims because it's too hard for them to process the emotions involved in just admitting to themselves that they are in fact a victim, right? Because if you admit you're a victim of real fucking trauma, then you have to deal with the realities of that real trauma. In most cases of real trauma, the victim's brain prevents them from seeing themselves as a victim to protect them so they can continue and carry on with their life, so they can make it to the next day. And we touched on this recently, right? If you get two cavemen back in the day, they go out hunting and one of them watches the other one just get mauled and eaten by a saber-toothed tiger right in front of him. Right? He's going to run back to his cave and he's going to hide. He's going to be there freaking the fuck out and processing what just happened. And his brain's going to have to make some calculations like, ah, oh, fuck, if I allow him to understand what just happened, allow him to replay that shit in his head, he's never going to leave the cave again and we're going to die. Because one of the jobs of the brain is self-preservation. Because if the guy dies, the brain dies. So the brain's going to go ahead and prevent him from letting this experience become a deterrent in his life. Our brains protect us from real trauma. Our brains protect the real victims of trauma from admitting out loud that they are victims. Which begs the question, are the people yelling the loudest about being a victim of some major life-altering injustice or traumatic experience, are they really victims? And I would say mostly, man, probably not. They're probably full of shit. The people who cry victim are often people who are just incapable of taking responsibility for their own actions in life. And if that zings you a little bit, then maybe we take a little time and drill down into the assertion that real trauma victims don't broadcast their victimhood status and wear it like a fucking badge of honor. I just look around, I see the ever-expanding number of victim groups, and I don't see them being populated by actual trauma survivors. I see them being populated by people who feel like things aren't going their way, and they're reaching for a more grandiose explanation as to why. And let me give you some examples. Some victim groups blame capitalism for their oppression, right? Especially after the global financial crisis and housing crisis of 2008. People feel like victims of capitalism because, fuck, man, their 401k went down 30%. We went into the, a recession while the big banks got bailed out with taxpayer money and the big bank CEOs got their bonuses. 
right? Something bad happened and the victims chose to blame capitalism. Well, fuck capitalism. Let's occupy Wall Street. We need to get rid of capitalism and bring back uh, democratic socialism. Yeah, that sounds good. So instead of fixing the thing that caused Main Street to take the hit while Wall Street made millions, we got victims advocating for ditching capitalism and replacing it with socialism. So here we have people who feel like things aren't going their way and they're reaching for a more grandiose explanation as to why. Like socialism, really? When has that ever worked? Scratch that. When has it ever not killed millions of people? Free market capitalism did not cause the 2008 financial crisis. Government interference into capitalism caused the financial crisis. Free market capitalism would have never created the environment in the first place. Free market capitalism would not have given no income verification home loans to people. Free market capitalism would not have given people a mortgage that couldn't afford it. The government guaranteeing the lenders would get paid caused the financial crisis. The government co-signed every mortgage with your tax money. And it was used to pay for homes that people couldn't afford in the first place. So Joey 400 credit score gets a $300,000 adjustable rate mortgage. Yeah, no money down. Joey got his house, made a year or two of payments until the adjustable rate jumped up. Now Joey can no longer afford said payment. Well, since he has no equity in the house, no skin in the game, Joey grabs his flat screen TV off the wall, chucks his keys in the mailbox and bounces out. Now, in free market capitalism, whoever loaned Joey the money is shit out of luck. They have a foreclosed-on home. They're going to get a fraction of what they paid for it. Because remember, whoever loaned Joey the money gave the previous owner three hundred grand up front, paid in full. So when those lenders have to short sell the foreclosed-on home, they're going to get two hundred grand. They're going to lose a hundred grand. The lender learns a lesson about the importance of good credit and a down payment. And if that lender wants to stay in business, they must make better choices on who to lend money to. You only make money in a loan if it gets paid back. But that's not what happened, right? Instead, the lender got paid back by the government, i.e. you, the taxpayer, principal and interest. They didn't even have to wait for the remainder of the 30-year term to be up. And then to add insult to injury, the people profiting off of the government interference, buys up all the houses for pennies on the dollar. And it's just one small example of people who feel like victims reaching for a more grandiose explanation as to why. Joey isn't a victim of capitalism. He made a bad decision and needs to take responsibility for his actions. Yeah, he should have not been in that position in the first place. Fair enough. But you know what would have protected him from that? From being in that position in the first place? Actual free market capitalism. And one last thing to consider about free market capitalism, because I love it, and before I go on too much of a tangent, if you hate capitalism, or you follow people or know people who hate capitalism, just consider this. Free market capitalism is the only system that has made even its critics rich. Just think about that. Think about all the crazy, rich fucking people in Hollywood telling you capitalism sucks the Michael Moores of the world, the Susan Sarandons of the world, who both have a net worth of $50 million. Danny DeVito, net worth $80 million. Mark Ruffalo, net worth $20 million. P. 
People who got rich off of a capitalist system are some of the most outspoken critics of the system that made them rich as fuck in the first place. So just a point to consider. Anyway, back to the self-identifying victims. As I look around and hear people in the constant state of activism on behalf of these victims, I can't help but feel like they're just wasting their time. They're dedicating big chunks of their short life playing an unwinnable game of social justice. Nick, how can you say he's wasting their time? Well, because I look at the scoreboard. What has it got you? Right? What, what progress have we made? Where are we? Where are we at? Because it appears to me we haven't gotten anyone anywhere. No one appears better off. No problems are getting solved. I mean, a shit ton of merchandise has been sold on the backs of your victimhood status. That's true. People are making a shit ton of money off your faux suffering. All of these wounds you don't actually feel made opportunist people rich. Hey, all you middle-aged white women who bought BLM merchandise. I mean, did white women have any real wounds from Black Lives Mattering? Are Black Lives Mattering more today than when we elected a black man president twice? I mean, people who sold you bumper stickers, t-shirts, yard signs, and asked for your donations, they made money. Their lives got better. Again, we just have people who feel like things aren't going their way, and they're reaching for a more grandiose explanation as to why. On average, 8 to 13 unarmed black Americans get shot and killed by police every year. I mean, one unarmed black American getting killed is too many. But promoting a more grandiose explanation as to why all police are racist, shit, the whole country is fucking racist. I don't know. Maybe just better police training and removing the special immunity police officers get, get can lower that number even more. We're never going to eradicate bad decisions and mistakes and shit happening, but we can do our best to lower that number even, even more. Lastly, as I've pointed out before, if you identify as a victim, you identify with all of the limitations that go along with your victimhood membership. So when things don't go your way or work out the way you want, it's because you were a insert victim group name here. And then you get to skip the personal responsibility. You skip the self-reflection. You skip asking the hard questions. Jeez, what do I need to do better next time? Because it's not you, it's them, right? The ones keeping you down. And if that is allowed to fester, soon you'll give up before you even try to better your life. Because, hey, the deck's stacked against you. I'm a blank, and I'll never get an opportunity because of the blank won't allow it. When I was a senior in high school, I applied for the Coast Guard Academy. I wasn't ready for college. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but I loved being on the water and it looked like a great way to be able to have a career on the water, right? I had everything they were looking for except good grades. <laughs> so I, I was a shit student and it turns out to get into a prestigious academy where you go there for free, yeah, they want good grades. Obviously, I didn't get in. Now, I could have been a victim of the public school system. You know, woe is me. I, di I didn't learn good. Wah, wah. And then I just spend the rest of my time thinking it was someone else's fault. I didn't succeed because of blank. Nope. No. Nope. I didn't get into the Coast Guard Academy because I didn't earn it. I did not display the sacrifice needed to get good grades. It's not about the shit you learn. It's about, can you put the work in to fucking learn it, to play the game, to get the good grades? That's what they're looking for. 
They're looking for the discipline. I did not display the sacrifice needed to get good grades. I chose to not care. It was 100% me. I was the reason I didn't get in. I was not good enough for that opportunity. And listen, people, we all need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And hopefully a reason that gives you purpose and fulfills your fucking soul. We should all be working to find out what our reason is. And it's going to be different for everyone. And that is fucking okay. Elon Musk wakes up every day because he wants to go to Mars. I don't fucking want to go to Mars. I don't even have to think it's a worthy goal or that it makes financial sense or it's going to benefit anybody. It doesn't matter. All I have to do is admire the dedication to the process, not the reason. And on a macro scale, we need people's reasons for getting out of bed to be good, like innovation, progress, ideas, not because they have to to go fight some make-believe, unwinnable battle against an imaginary enemy. Well, what kind of life is that? We need to redirect all of that energy towards realistic goals, first towards your own personal goals, then, then move on to the collective ones. Well, fundamentally, I'm a psychologist, and my experience has been that people can do a tremendous amount of good for themselves and for the people who are immediately around them by looking to their own inadequacies and their own flaws and the things that they're not doing in their lives and starting to build themselves up as more powerful individuals. And if they're capable of doing that, then they're capable of expanding their career. And if they're capable of expanding their career and their competence, then they're capable of taking their place in the community as effective leaders. And then they're capable of making wise decisions instead of unwise decisions when it comes to making collective political decisions. I'm not suggesting in the least and have never suggested that there's no domain for social action. I'm suggesting that people who don't have their own houses in order should be very careful before they go about reorganizing the world, which happens in many ways. If a young person believes that climate is something that needs to be tackled quickly and they can't wait until they grow up and become prime ministers to do it, do you think collective responsibility overrides individual responsibility in a huge issue like that? No. I think generally people have things that are more within their personal purview that are more difficult to deal with and that they're avoiding and that generally the way they avoid them is by adopting Uh, pseudo-moralistic stances on large-scale social issues so that they look good to their friends and their neighbors. That was Jordan Peterson from the Q&A show on the psychology of it. You know, because it seems to me we have far too many people, especially young people who are just being drowned by all this bullshit victimhood narratives, right? And they're just giving up and checking out. I bet everyone knows a young person in the end of middle school or high school that is just fucking, they don't give a shit about anything. Their room's a mess. They, they, they don't care. They, you, you can't get them motivated to do anything because you have no leverage. They've already given up. And I often refer to our kids as our most precious resource, and that's because it's their talent that will be needed to pick up the baton from our generation and keep humanity flourishing. If we are stifling that progress and demoralizing the kids early on by getting them to identify with limitations that aren't even there, what chance do they have? We're not fostering their talent. We're we're robbing the world of it. And this is why I'm so passionate about removing labels and groups and just unearned victimhood statuses from the front lines. Like we don't have institutional victimhoodness. 
It's not everywhere. And when we can finally come to grips with that, then we can address the actual cases when and if they occur. Right? Don't you think it's, it will be easier to spot an example of racism if everything in the fucking world isn't racist? If we stop throwing that word around? Everyone's so desensitized to it. And lastly, for the adults, if your reason for getting out of bed is to go to a work at a job that doesn't make you fulfilled or give you any purpose to your life, then I would ask, what are you waiting for? The clock is ticking. Oh, Nick, I'm waiting for the time to be right. Waiting for the time to be right, waiting for things to be perfect, waiting for optimal conditions, as C.S. Lewis put it, is, is a waste of time and an excuse. Obstacles, reasons why not to do shit will always be there. Growing up, I, I remember I was a kid, I would always say to myself, man, things are going so great. Things are perfect. If it was just for this one thing, you know, there'd always be one thing hanging over my head. If I could just get rid of that thing, fucking awesome. But there was always something in the way. There was always a self-imposed obstacle there my whole life. So you either wait until you're too damn old to care about that obstacle and then start living your life with decreased mental and physical capabilities for your remaining years you have left, or you acknowledge the fact that there will always be obstacles that we either turn into excuses, which we'll use to never allow for optimal conditions to live our lives, or we acknowledge that they're going to be there, or we press on and try anyway. So thank you very much for joining me today. I hope everyone has a great Memorial Day weekend. And my call to action is simple. If you feel like a victim, take a look at that. Maybe, maybe make a list of all the actual events that happened, the evidence to back up your feeling. And then entertain... So what? Maybe you are. Now what are you going to do about it? Because it's now dawning on me whether you are or you aren't is irrelevant. It's what are you going to do about it? So everyone, have a great long weekend. Thank you very much for listening. Is it gonna be some money shoes? I wanna do